Hey everybody, welcome to the Chase Talks Hip Hop Podcast And I just want to say thank you to all my listeners And before anything happens, please like, subscribe, leave a 5 star review Show some love for your boy out here I appreciate everything, let's get into the show Hey everybody, I would like to thank StereotypeCo.com for officially sponsoring the podcast and looking out for your boy Chase. And I want to thank them for making awesome clothing, making great content, blogs, conducting awesome interviews. It's a really great platform and I would love it if the Chase Talks Hip Hop family could extend an arm and meet up and please, please support StereotypeCo.com. The reason I support them so heavy is because they support me heavy and i appreciate everything that they do to look out for me i love the clothing i love uh, what dave noodles has done to build the company it's really something i can stand behind and i think it's something you should check out so please if you're tired of me talking about it click the link below and check out stereotypeco.com for awesome awesome content and awesome awesome merch thank you Welcome to Chase Talks Hip Hop Podcast And I would like to thank you for waiting Giving me that one week grace period I took some time to get some stuff back on the backlog So my goal is by I want to say this should be out Monday My uh, the, the log should be fully updated Probably by either to the day you're listening to this Or if not Wednesday <clears throat> But either way I've been working And uh, j- just to make some announcements my EP, Asata, will be dropping in August. I'll give you the exact date later on, but it will definitely be dropping in August. My single, Chips and Salsa, should be out. I'm going to make sure to include that. As well as, I'll be starting a, a campaign very soon. My musical campaign. And another important announcement is that I recently uh, signed a, a booking contract. So I should be having some shows sprout up from September all the way through December um, as well. So I I think that for this three-month period, this quarter, I really want to get back into performing. Um, I'm going to make sure to line up something at Third Wheel Studios. I'm lining up other interviews. Shout out to my man EC from Hip Hop Cloverleaf. I want to get Michael McGoing, a.k.a. Wingman, my girlfriend Sky. I I plan on getting a bunch of amazing people into the podcast studio ASAP. So, yeah, like, believe me, I haven't been slacking be getting to my beats i've been producing i've been working listening back to my stuff just trying to get a, a grasp on everything i want to do and i got the chance um in between everything to go see nope with my girlfriend and i'm let me before i i, I get into this film i want to talk about uh jordan peele and just uh take some time to say damn I, I'm i'm a fan of his work um, because I'm I'm also if you you guys have been listening you know I'm a sci-fi fan I'm a horror nerd, um, and Jordan Peele, I really appreciate how he caters to this subset of people like me, because he's able to write these films 
where he could, like, for instance, with Get Out, he, he's able to have this social commentary about racism and the different dimensions of racism and how it can be expressed. And But he, he has such a compelling penmanship and directorial style that he was able to still create this this vibe of fear and it, it permeated through but then you, you it doesn't lose the messaging and it isn't bogged down by the messaging some movies can be bogged down by a message of oh whatever whether it's girl power or something something but like w- with him addressing anything whether it's racial societal he always has an interesting take and even in us I really think that there are a lot of metaphors to the, the idea of a shadow self to to family like th- there's a lot of shit that goes in into the these films and I'm noticing that some people they either get it or they they don't get it and I'm I, I will say me and my girl Sky we loved nope and I enjoyed the hell out of it um to not 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 going to give any spoilers but just to say this to the cast Daniel Kalua uh Kiki Palmer they Oh, and uh, I believe Keith David, he plays the father as well. They did an amazing job of carrying this movie. I really appreciate the Kiki Palmer's charisma, Daniel Kaluuya's stoicism. He really nailed it. And the way that they, they, they matched each other as siblings on screen was very well done. And two, the setting of which they filmed it, I liked the way it... It felt like ranch life when you were watching the movie. You saw Daniel Kaluuya working, rounding horses and everything. And you got this strong sense that this was a something that, that is, is impactful. So this mystery that takes place. So if you, if you have an idea about Nope, you know it has something to do with the UFO. So I'm just going to leave it at that. But um, Stephen Yen... Yen from Steven Yeun, I, I believe that's his name. From the originally from The Walking Dead, he played Glenn. He he does really good in this movie as well because with his character, I I, I struggled to get a read on him. You know, I struggled to get a read. I'm like, is this guy good? Is he bad? Is he whatever? But the scene in which you you see the reveal of what he does, again, not giving anything away. This is just me shooting the shit. I I I thought what he did was great because he he embodied this kind of traumatized actor very well. So with with this film, the critical reception has been quite divisive where I see that people either really like it like me or they or they hate it and then maybe there's a small subset of people in the middle. But the weirdest thing I saw in the lead up to the promotion was there was an interview with Jordan Peele. I believe it was on USA Today. And they kept on railing Jordan with these questions about this. So something black. This movie is a black this and that. And my thing about Jordan Peele is I, I, I felt for him in that moment because th- th- he's a filmmaker. Yeah, he's a black man, but he's also a filmmaker and to have somebody in his face kind of trying to just box him in, it, it was very, it sucked just to see that in the interview because so much shit gets a pass. Like, Dune is trash. I don't like that fucking movie. I thought Dune was straight up ass. Uh, and that movie gets praised for whatever reason. I don't know why. 
And people might look at how I look at Nope, like how I look at how people watch Dune. I think it's fucking stupid. By the way, the, the reason I didn't like Dune is like that weird ass incestuous vibe that his mom has. That was too fucking gross. Sorry, people. I don't know. Maybe you're into that. Maybe you're into that weird porn type energy that they were trying to fucking inject in that shitty movie. But uh, I, I couldn't do it. And no, when I was watching that interview, I just felt for Jordan Peele because Jordan Peele is a creative and I'm already seeing people. I've, I saw a comment where someone was trying to be like, oh, he's going to turn to M. Night Shyamalan. He's da da da. He's losing touch and all this and that. And People forget that Jordan Peele has been in this entertainment business since Mad TV, since even before that. He's written a lot of things, and in the case of of this movie, Note, what I what I really took away from it is that it's littered with metaphors. It it's littered with a whole lot of stuff, and it's littered with a lot of influence from cinema that that Jordan Peele grew up on. I I see flashes of maybe even a close encounter you know the third kind i see flashes of that i see flashes of western movies and the thing with him doing this with the black cast is certain people a lot of people may may not as connect as much but the thing is i really connected to this film um because of the theme of family the theme of sacrifice and the idea that they're fighting something bigger than them, right? And this is something that maybe they won't win, but they got to try. And I like this this thing because it's it leaves the, the 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 mystery in the second half when they reveal it. It it kind of I, I get why the second half would be a little bit less interesting, but but still the movie was was great to me, and I I think that. I don't care about Rotten Tomatoes or anything, but I remember I just felt like there was a bias that a lot of people had going into this movie where they wanted it to be something they did that it's not right. So I I took I took issue with I remember being in the theater like certain I was I talked to my girl about this like certain jokes hitting uh, the the jokes that were hitting in the audience and maybe it was because it's maybe mainly a white audience but like me and my girl were like realizing like people weren't laughing at the more like black oriented jokes or 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 any of the jokes that the black cast members were were setting up like when kiki palmer did her thing i was surprised more people weren't laughing like like i was because at points i felt like i was the only one getting along with it and i I'm, i'm starting to see that there are certain disconnects with people right and you and when I was leaving the theater, someone had this comment, like, I guess the film got uh, 80% just because it's Jordan Peele. And, like, it just sounded like the nerdiest fucking bull, bullshit, whiteiest something. Because the movie, I get if you don't like it, I understand that. Because, like, for instance, Signs. I like that movie. I like that movie, Signs. If people don't like it, I fucking get it. It's not for everybody. But with Nope, I felt like Nope was digestible. I thought the acting was great. Kiki Palmer carried the charisma very well. She carried um she carried just the the spirit of um as as far as like that that jovial spirit. Well well Daniel got to be the stoic sibling who really cares, but he can't exactly break and 
that's what what was really cool about it. Like you could tell that they were feeding off of it, and and there were there were some as a horror fan, there there were certain shots that they did that I can't say, but my God, like there's one scene where it takes pay takes place at night. It's pitch black, and I'm again not to spoil it anyway, but th- that scene right there was beautiful. Like it was it was everything it had to be. It was scary. It was thrilling, and it it was also, I don't know, it, it was just a beautiful shot. And with horror films, me being a fan, I love to to see what Jordan Peele does because I know that he is a horror fan, and he's as he said, it is it is his favorite genre, and that's why when I watched him on USA Today, and the journalist was asking, saying, "Well, is this a horror film or something?" something and he kept on trying to categorize it under this thing being a black film, and yeah, it's a it's a film with the black cast, the black director, whatever, whatever you want to say, but to just to to try to bottleneck this movie and say it's only gonna get across to X amount of people, like like I just didn't like it, and plus. My thing is weird. I have a weird feeling because people are kind of looking at Nope in a weird way. And they're they're being much more critical of it than I feel like most, you know, bullshit. Like, I mean, even with these things, like I see these reviews, right? So I see NPR dropped a review and it says Jordan Peele subverts expectations again with Nope. With the first tra- when the first trailer for Nope, dro- I'm going to read a little bit, bit of this to kind of get an idea of what media is saying about this. When the first trailer for Nope dropped, viewers almost immediately swarmed social media trying to interpret the opaque montage of shots, which revealed virtually nothing about the f- plot on the movie. This is partially of Jordan Peele's own doing because his first two films as a writer-director, Get Out and Us, set up high expectations for twisty, multi-layered social commentary by way of popcorn thrills. Even more so, it's a product of the current cultural landscape where seemingly every big TV series is laden with twists and Easter eggs with spoilery cameos, lending itself to fervent Reddit threads breaking down the creator's underlining meaning. Okay, big big piece of it. So there there are certain things I understand. So we're talking about expectations with the trailer. Guess what? I didn't see the other trailers. I went out of my way not to watch them. Um, Peel surely knows by now, because by the way, trailers ruin movies now. Peel surely knows by now what audience anticipate from him and other film and filmmakers like him, which is probably why, once again, he's managed to subvert our expectations. Nope isn't much a plot twisty experience to this meticulously to be meticulously deconstructed as it is consistently surprising on its journey that's less commentary less commentary forward than its predecessors okay yet still stacked with plenty of meaning to tease out after you've left the theater okay all right um the film opens by quoting a bible verse from the book of nahum i will cast abominable filth at you and make you vile and make you a spectacle followed by a quiet eerie scene involving an animal that's best left unsaid for five time uh viewer for the first time viewing the better of creep you out in the moment. All right. The way they wrote this uh, pisses me the fuck off. The way they write these articles, I, I fucking hate because I can't read and this makes me sound like I can't. Eventually, Nope drops us into the world of OJ and Emerald Haywood, Daniel Kalua and Kiki Palmer, a pair of siblings dealing with the loss of their... Oh, gee, they're trying to... 
mysterious events and deciding true to peel sensibilities nope seems to be borrowing from a plethora of cinematic re- uh, of uh, cinematic references spielberg m night Shyamalan, and alien just to name a few kalua plays oj almost like the strong silent cowboy heroes of old hollywood the contrast nicely with kiki palmer's fast talking looser emerald she's the firecracker and the powder keg injecting energy um yeah so again like these takes i i get weirded out because there's a lot of i I genuinely don't know what they're looking to judge the movie negatively for a lot of it seems to be based on his past few films but I mean, I look through these reviews and it goes from very positive or or negative or in the middle. So I I realize it's just not for everybody. But then I look at the Wall Street Journal and the Wall Street Journal is very disrespectful at points because here's what they wrote. Nope. Review. Cowboys versus aliens. All right. Which is a comparison to that shitty movie Daniel Craig did a while back with Harrison Ford. While Jordan Peele's new sci-fi movie starring Daniel Kaluuya has loads of ideas and builds up considerable suspense and dread, it eventually crash lands. Written by Kyle Smith. It's been a while since I've heard movie characters discuss a flying saucer, even using those very words, and filmmaker Jordan Peele has the kind of pop culture savvy to liven up vintage plot device in his third vintage really when have ufos been a vintage plot device unfortunately his latest work a combination of horror and sci-fi disappoints for some of the same reasons his second film us did mr peel has loads of ideas and builds up considerable suspense and dread but he fails to tie fails to tie everything together with the resounding final act instead his conclusion feels sloppy unfocused and anticlimactic a climatic exposing his movie to unwelcome comparisons to who, what are they comparing it to? Like, who, who are they comparing, what are they comparing this movie to? All these advertisements, Jesus Christ. You see, they won't even let me, um, fully read it, because I think it costs money. So, then I see New York Times giving it a positive review. Yeah, so so all this mixed review shit is interesting because I did enjoy the film quite a bit, and maybe in a second I'll t- I'll I'll break down some of the spoilers, and I think eventually I'll do another podcast. I'll talk to Sky about this, but but nope, I fucked with this movie, I really did, and, and my conclusion on it is: if you are into Jordan Peele films, I think you should go see it. If you are like me. Um, you like aliens, you like sci-fi, like this is definitely something worth watching and there is some good hair-raising action and horror and I enjoyed it. I really did um, because again, like this was just a movie I could just sit back and kind of get lost into. The The writing I enjoyed, the, the directing, the, the acting was excellent and I, I want to see what Jordan Peele does next as far as the topics he could cover and... You know, when it, whenever it comes to, to stuff like social commentary, social commentary can be done very well in movies. And we live in a time where it's okay to have social commentary. And I, I as like I said, I get annoyed by people who bitch about, <laughs> yes, fuck everyone's trying to be woke, fucking A. Like, I, I'm getting annoyed with 
every comedian on every podcast bitching about cancel culture. I get annoyed because comedians bitching about cancel culture is hilarious in a lot of ways. Because I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying you should lose your job or this and that. But what I'm saying is this. Not everyone is out to get you. And no one really cares about your dumb fucking joke. And, and, and here's the thing. It's interesting how... Like, like, for instance, when rappers go through something, we don't get the chance to blame it on cancel culture. It just means that people don't fuck with you anymore or something. So cancel culture... I, I, and I, I say this because I remember when I went to a jiu-jitsu tournament. And this was earlier in the year. And I saw this guy. And this is not a famous person. Not a famous person. Not a movie star. It's just a dude. Guy. Wearing a shirt that says, I survived cancel culture. And the first thing that came to my head is like, God damn, you're a loser. What did you do? Did you rape a girl? Like, is, And then they went on Facebook and said, you did it? Like, Because again, like, I don't get like a lot of those right-wing types who lean on to fucking I hate cancel culture and then I saw something on YouTube about this new comic like anti-woke comic and this and that it's like guys just make shit make it good I'm tired of all this oh no cancel culture I can't fucking say anything it's like shut the fuck up be good like I'm a fan of Bill Burr he's one of my favorite comedians latest special I it was the part where he talked about cancel culture boring Sorry, boring. Be interesting. I'm tired of it. It's like everyone talking about cancel culture, cancel this. Listen, guys, maybe some people aren't wrong. Maybe some shit's just whack. Like as far as like I all this stuff, it's like I, I don't care what people want to want to do, what people want to fucking say. It's just there are clearly lines that 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 are crossed sometimes, right? And um. Again, I'm not saying cancel culture isn't a real thing and that some people haven't been wrong, wrongfully uh, shut down. I'm not saying that, guys. But the same point, the amount of conversation behind it is just silly. Like the amount of comedians who, who talk about it, especially the amount of... Uh, just the amount of... um bullshit on both ends like and and this isn't even me being political whether you have people who are overtly ridiculous on each side it's just annoying like christ get a life um because yeah i can't stand to watch comedians bitch about cancel culture when it's like a lot of them are morally compromised beyond all regard like brian callen i i think and again i don't know him but not once has he ever talked about he, he Brian Callen has pretty much been talking about being canceled for jokes when the real reason that people don't want to see him is because there is some substantial some substantial testimony that he raped a woman that he, he has a, a past and that he does things and you know that came out right so it, it's you know no no one again Joe Rogan's not going to talk about it no one cares. People change their tune about Chris D'Elia. I heard all these comedians, you know, they're quiet about Chris and then they talk to him, talk about him. And again, Bill Burr. Bill Burr is a comedian I really like. But then again, like he, he, I, I like Bill Burr because he'll, he'll talk about things. He'll say, yeah, I don't fuck with this. And he'll do a whole entire bit about why he doesn't like a certain kind of a banker, a scummy person. But the reality is this is like, guess what? Like, you don't have to be a 
banker to be a scumbag, Bill. It's like some scumbags are in your business, and and you know that, Bill. And I get you don't want to say anything. You gotta you gotta be around them, this and that. Maybe they just maybe he just likes to fuck eighteen year olds and talks to them early. Okay, well, whatever you want to like look at it, but. I just feel weird because then these comedians will go after somebody small, try to shut down a, a small comedian or upcoming guy. And it's annoying to me. I, I get I get weirded out because it's also it's high schoolish. It's it's fucking weird. And I mean, I've been living in Los Angeles for almost two years and just being around this nucleus of entertainment is very funny. And seeing going to the haha going to comedy clubs seeing people get up on stage and seeing comedians who no one knows talk about cancel culture like i'm talking about comedians who are nobodies going up talking about louis ck and all the like people will go up and, and do all this shit right and and then like for instance Gerard carmichael says something about dave Chappelle. um tarnishing his legacy which is silly right because Gerard Carmichael for as good of a comedian as he is he's been writing off of this he's been promoting himself by saying he's gay and that's cool promote yourself Gerard come out of the closet like say you're you're gay and you're special do your thing get money but to then try to take a stab at Dave Chappelle and the special's been out for so long everyone has had the chance to kind of say something and then you want to try to talk shit i don't here's the other thing about dave that no one ever fucking addresses right so people want to and, and i'm not any anything i get annoyed by the super all these conservatives but it's like to bitch at a black man who lived through the crack epidemic in washington dc right you're gonna bitch at a black man who went through that shit and you're gonna say he doesn't know anything about you know divisiveness uh, saying some trans jokes tarnished his legacy. Uh, listen, I've seen many comedians talk about trans people, and I know the difference between hatefulness. And by the way, I don't think most comedians should cover the subject. I don't think a lot of comedians should cover a lot of subjects. And and I know this is, is Chase Talks Hip Hop, but it's becoming a little bit of everything at the moment because I'm I'm just trying to give you guys a take of what's been on my mind. Like, it is so weird to see all of these people complain about something that isn't really existent like that. It exists, but does it is what I'm trying to say, or or is this a monster that we're making up a little bit more as we go? Because there are people who are really, when I think of canceled, like for instance, there are people who, you know, they get put on a no fly list. Like there are people who are treated, who are told you'll never work in this town again. There are people who, are wrongfully, you know, fired from their job. There, there are plenty of times where people can be wronged. But to call everything a cancellation, you know, to... I don't I don't know. Like, the, these... The ego involved with everything. Comedians, especially. It's, it's the oddest shit. Because comedians nowadays, they try to act like they're rappers. Almost. Like, they try to get this thing where... But, but here's the thing with rappers. We're always rappers... It's a 50-50 chance, but most of the time, we have to be accountable for our shit. We have to be accountable for what the fuck we say somewhat. You know, and, and as much as people think rappers, we don't, we aren't held accountable, we kind of are. Comedians, some degree, 
that you have to be held accountable for when you fuck up and say some dumb shit, right? I'm not saying you should issue a public apology. That's not what I'm saying. But the, the idea of Gerard Carmichael trying to can, can, cannibalize another comedian as great as Dave, that's not fair. That's not fair. You can't have everything, man. That's not cool because, you know, wh- whether you're gay, straight, and you're a fan of comedy or not, we can all agree that trying to tarnish somebody or trying to say that Dave Chappelle tarnished his legacy is a fallacy. You know, considering, too, the, the recent special where he... uh he talked about the backlash he got and everything, you know, considering the perspective he gave about where he is at, how can he not hear that out? And, um, it's odd. It's very odd because here I am sitting and ranting, ranting and raving, you know, cause that's me, Mr. Ranter and Raver. I, I, I just get confused on the opinions people have. Like, why would somebody have such an overarching opinion about Dave Chappelle saying that he tarnished his legacy, especially a comedian like Gerard Carmichael, who you could say maybe has gone through similar things as Dave Chappelle. Maybe Gerard, maybe Dave could even relate to Gerard Carmichael more than Gerard Carmichael thinks because Dave is older, a little bit wiser. Maybe he's seen some things. So, and and this isn't me trying like this is not me getting on the Gerard Carmichael hate train. I don't like that. Like, I think people who get on the hate train are dumb, and that's not me. Like with Gerard Carmichael, do I think he's funny? Yeah, I think he's funny. But is he Dave Chappelle funny? Or is that even a debate? I'm not going to talk about it. It's, it's clear Dave Chappelle is funny. Or like I never thought Chris D'Elia was funny ever. Chris D'Elia isn't funny. I. <laughs> Prove me wrong. I just, I remember even back before all this shit, I never thought he was funny. Brian Cowan, not funny. So many people just aren't funny to me. And, I, and I'm just being honest. I can say what I want because I'm not in the comedy world. You know, I've been to comedy shows. I have fun. I fuck around. But just seeing the the game, this podcast game, seeing the comedy world, how they've kind of been fucking with it, it's, it's odd to me. It's just odd because at the end of the day, there's no transparency and people are just being a bunch of fake ass pussies and nobody wants to speak their mind on anything if it ruffles the feathers or the chance of them to to get a fucking cameo on some whack ass show i don't know what people are fighting for to be real i don't know it's it's just stupid to me because i i i just i just see people scrambling acting like fucking everything is going to be taken away from them but you know what it's it's odd it's like if you're good at what you do practice your craft love your craft god damn it like it's comedy is not something where comedians they 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 talk about comedy like they're a surgeon and i get comedians talking about their craft it is an art form and it's okay to talk about it and I, I, I'm a nerd. I talk about plenty of things in nerdy ways. But at the same time, let's just be fair here. Comedy, I'm not going to say it's easy, but it's a somebody talking on stage. That's what it is, right? It is somebody talking on stage. And it's an ego trip, mainly, because you're getting a group of people to listen to you, stare at you, right? And that that's what a lot of these comedians get off on it's power like anyone any a lot of these entertainers like can get ego tripped up right and i i'm talking about cancel culture because i've been hearing so much about it that if i 
I feel like me chiming in. Like, I, I got to be real. Like, you got things like Roe versus Wade where you, you're, at, you're like in real time, we're seeing a major thing get pushed back. And now we also have this marriage bill. We have all these things where we live in a country where our government wants to set us back and essentially try to reinstate this Jim Crow era bullshit. And we as the American people, we as a nation, we as we you, we as a united front of peaceful, strong people with a strong uh, heart need to understand that we we need to be together. And this is not the preaching hour. This isn't. But when, when I look, I haven't talked about any of this shit and I'm not a ranter, a raver. I'm not a political genius. I'm, I know I seem self-deprecated, but this is just me prefacing that. Everything I'm I'm really trying to talk about comes from the human experience. So, when when I look at this stuff about a marriage bill, I'm in a I'm in an interracial relationship. So are they gonna try to take that away? Like I can't marry my love my life. Like th- th- this is this is the gross shit that we are looking at in society post COVID, where you see power hungry people who are essentially corporate shills bought up, who want to utilize their power just to do some shitty things. And whatever, they get money in their bank, the laws don't apply to them, so why why did they care? And this is the that that's essentially what evil is to me. Like when I see true evil be happening and people not giving a shit, I look at our Supreme Court, I look at it all. It's, it's like I, I, I get gross. Like and that's why I fuck with Rage Against the Machine because they had a really dope and a girl showed me this like they had this this concert and and on the big mega screen they they wrote abort the supreme court and that's just powerful because the cockiness to do something like that especially considering how far we've come as a government and all the other how far we have to go right and also where where america has become progressive in areas and now it's become aggressive in other ones where I don't get where is the support like as far as this the marriage bill like why is it that why is it that all of this is happening now you know you you, you can we, we spin like a ball of yarn and I've been thinking about this more and more and truthfully it's just it's gross it's it, it it's a disgusting misuse of power and it's it's shitty yeah it's like it's white men in office trying to control things we have a president that is fucked up we got donald trump who is fucked up steve bannon is gonna go to prison hopefully he gets fucked in the ass uh <laughs> woo woo uh yeah so you're we're looking oh giuliani too he's a fucking cunt but maybe his he has enough connections to blackmail somebody he won't go to prison so yeah, this is the, the conspiracy hour. Uh, me ranting and raving, the, the, the new new Detroit stamping. Sorry, it's from that was from a, a line from Eight Mile. But this is how my mind operates. I think about this shit quite a bit, and I have to spew it out of my dumb fucking brain. And you look at the state of things, right? And this is why uh, I want to say R.I.P. to Prodigy because he had some true knowledge, right? And the the shit that he would say. About secret societies, it makes you wonder, right? It makes you think: is there is there somebody puppeteering? You know, I mean, e- even from the UFO footage, I see all the, all this wild, insane thing, these wild and insane things, getting just getting like that that full pinch, as far as 
the full pinch of truth. We're, we're not going to get it. You know, I mean, even the bullshit about these these text messages being deleted out of nowhere. Great. Okay, so that doesn't make any fucking sense. But they could probably pry a message out of my phone, you know, rewrite it, make me into something I'm not, right? You know, it's it's interesting. You know, I'll, they can... It's, it's an odd time. It is an odd time for a democracy. I, I truly don't believe our government is a democracy anyway. Um... I don't, you know, I really don't. And I think that people need to do what they can to educate themselves about all these other um, shadowy political methods that are put in place. The way money is moved around is atrocious. The way the poor are treated, it's, it's, it's been insane. You know, you look at the state of the world and it makes you want to break up. I have many conversations with my, my close loved ones about this kind of stuff. And I'm pretty sure you guys are the same because this show, even through the ups and downs, even though, whatever, I know that the listenership is going to come. I know that the big things are going to happen because it just, the work is being done. The foundation is being put in, right? As far as whatever in my personal life, but as far as, if I could just put a message out to the world, you know, it's love. You got dead this bullshit with love, really, because we can't, we can't keep doing this shit to each other. We can't keep doing this shit to each other. The way, the way black Americans are treated in the U.S., the way, the the police put forty shots in the back of that one man was disgusting. It's atrocious. You you see, and I know there 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 might be some fucking really conservative person, very right wing listening, saying, you're virtue signaling, you don't care. No, I do care. I really fucking care. I give a shit. I give a shit. You have, I, like, I, this isn't virtue signaling. This is me just trying to get people to understand. I give a shit. You should fucking too. This is, this is cowardice. Like, we have cowardice police forces. We, I, I see whenever, like for instance, even when I watch the, the live stream of Venice and I see a bunch of firefighters go and get hot dogs, I get mad because I know if I were there, I'd be like, what the fuck are we doing? We're getting hot dogs. We're a bunch of fat fucks. We're supposed to be firemen. We're, su- we're supposed to be police officers. We're supposed to be heroes, right? These ideas that the ego that these people have. I met a lot of ego to... I mean, I met great police officers. I've met great dentists, and I've met great whatever. But the ego that you could run into, and I've run into, is fucked up. Because do people really want to help people? Is that why you became a police officer? Because at the end of the day, um, when you sign up for something like that, and I can talk a little bit. My grandfather was a firefighter and a police officer. I also did the firefighting CPAT. I passed. By the way, I passed that. So when you are preparing to do something, getting that kind of profession, you have one thing and you know this, that you can die and you're okay with that. You got to fucking accept it. You would, you have to fucking accept it. And me saying this is not, again, we're all human. We're all malleable. We're all a bunch of water balloon full of blood. That's all we are. So... Basically, guys, what I'm just trying to say is, can we just be good to each other? Can we be good to each other? Can we not false flag things? Can we not be shitty? Can we actually not... Can we just try to 
have a conversation that doesn't lead to utter disrespect because no one is ever going to get far disrespecting people. Respect is key, right? If we can like learn anything from each other is that respect is key and that to get far, you, you have to show that. You have to show that you are willing to, to listen. Listen, disagree, agree to disagree at points and maybe listen more. Speak your mind. This is how we're going to have to work out things because then the other way it's, again, the government can only do so much, right? You know, nature can handle this. Nature, snap of fingers, guess what? We're out of here. We're, we're malleable, right? We're, we're soft. The toughest humans are soft. Guess what? The toughest man, most muscular, you drop him off a building, he'll die like me. He'll die like a skinny little motherfucker too. Gravity kills, you know, lack of oxygen kills. We're not, we're weak, guys. We're not this unbeatable thing. But we are strong in spirit when we decide to utilize such and we decide to care, you know. And um, to be real, like, this is just it. Like, there's, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of ignorance. There's a lot of ignorance and a lot of, uh, a lot of nihilism. But truly, I don't want to end it on such a down note, but I got a lot of positive things, you know, as far as there's shows coming up, there's music, I'm I'm expanding certain things. But outside of that, guys, like this is reality, this is life. And um, I, I appreciate you guys listening. I hope you enjoyed my take on stuff. Keep rocking in the free world. And you guys are, are a part of the Chase Talks Hip Hop family. And I apologize for all the ups and downs, my hiatuses. And I know the podcast can be so much bigger than it is. And I know that. It, I feel like a diamond in the rough. To be completely honest, I do feel like a diamond in the rough. But I'm reaching out to people. I'm trying to get more help. And I'm trying to, to really create something special. And you guys are the reason. So please, if you hear this, I hope you're good at reading in between the lines. I hope you understand everything. And even through my bumbly rants, whatever the fuck you think of me. Guys, I love you guys. I appreciate it. And I will be seeing you soon. This is Chase Talks Hip Hop. I am Chase Hill. Please stick around. Listen to my new single, Chips and Salsa. Asada dropping August. I'm going to be dropping a track a week every fucking Friday. So stay tuned. Peace and love. I'm out of here.